Hey, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Talking Stuff, the Ohio State Recruiting Podcast on Letterman Monroe, brought to you by our good friends at Buyers Automotive. If you're looking for an auto, go to Buyers Auto. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. That? The, the I'm, screen somewhere. I'm somewhere. I'm somewhere. Spencer Holbrook is also on the phone, as you can see. Uh, we are once again attempting to bring you this stuff in a little different way. We're Zooming um, just to try to find ways to – to make this whole process easier for everyone to, to get the full picture, a full complement of what we're doing. So uh, I'm Berm, as you, as I said, that's Spencer Chives, as you may know him, if you watched our uh, road beers podcast from last week, but Spencer uh, recruiting is taking a little breather. Okay. Ohio state had a huge week uh, last week with the additions of Jaquelin Johnson and Evan Pryor and uh, Devonte Smith, Andre Turrentine. With that, you saw a lot of people kind of uh, start to go into panic mode, like, oh, Ohio State's going to fill up. Now all these other guys are going to be left out. What are they going to do? Well, like, it's like people are not happy if they're not worried about something. Um, and my advice is, especially right now as it pertains to Ohio State football recruiting, take a deep breath, enjoy it, uh, and don't don't worry about things like numbers. There's 14 commitments in the class. that's going to end up at 24, 25, and there's plenty of room for, for all the guys that want in. Yeah. There's going to be some offensive linemen in the class. So you got to have room for those guys. Uh, there's going to be another running back in the class. You got to have room for that. There's going to be probably another defensive back. You've got to have room there. Uh, defensive linemen, especially they're just going to have to reload there. So it's not time to panic on numbers because I know exactly what's going to happen right when Ohio State gets to that 24-25 uh, scholarship plateau for this freshman class. Everybody's going to say, well, who's going to leave? What's going to happen with the scholarships? They're in a pinch. Ohio State's never entered a fall in, over the scholarship limit. So I think we can yeah. just wipe that away. Yeah, it's one of those most popular concerns that everyone has. And I guess I get it from a personal standpoint because people are like, oh, then who's going to be out of the program? But things have a way of working themselves out. So I don't, I don't want to spend, you know, a lot of time diving into that. But my, my point is that we are in a position right now as we watch Ohio State's recruiting, that they're doing things that other people aren't right now, which is obviously getting commitments in this dead period. But they're doing it in a way that is not about pressure. It's not about sales. <clears throat> it's about, hey, this is the culmination of the relationships that they've been building. And it's turning into this opportunity because kids around the country do see that, hey, there's not a ton of spots. And the current group of Ohio State commitments has actually been very instrumental in making this happen. Ben Crisman, Jack Sawyer, Kyle McCord, uh, those guys have really been driving the bus, even more so than the Ohio State coaching staff. And I know there's speculation out there that the Buckeyes are, oh, you better commit or you're going to lose your spot. But, like, you can't do that with with certain players. And they certainly have not done that with Andre Turrentine. Um, or, or Devontae Smith or, or Ja'Kalen Johnson. I mean, Ja'Kalen Johnson was number two cornerback on the board for a long time and not too far behind Jordan Hancock. So they, they certainly weren't going to like say, hey, if you don't commit now, you're not going to be in this class six months from now. Once they offered Devontae Smith, they knew he was going to jump in the class, so there was no delay there. Andre Turrentine, as he said on the Bermanology episode with me last week, like, he wanted to do this for months and finally decided – if I'm not going to go out and take meaningless visits elsewhere, I may as well just commit. And Evan Pryor the same way. Like he knew where he wanted to commit months ago. He tried to commit to Ohio State at the beginning of the year. And, um, you know, they said, hey, let's slow down. Let's make sure that you're 
doing what you want to do here, not just reacting to, you know, a visit or, or the high of the season. So uh, it, it's weird that there's a narrative out there that they're pushing or pressuring. Maybe the kids that I talk to are just lying to me. I don't know, but it doesn't seem like they're uh, being pressured at all. I feel like it gets put in the back of their head by the coaching staff. You know, we're probably going to take this many guys and then you can kind of make it out for yourself. You know, if the, these guys are smart, they're not idiots. So they know that obviously has to get guys at every position for every class. And so yeah, I don't know, is, is, is being honest with a kid about what the numbers are or, or who else they're talking to pressure? I, I don't no, know. I mean, not at all. that's the question. And that's, I don't think that that's a problem to do. I think you should be telling a kid like, Hey, Evan Pryor, we're going to take two running backs and the other ones we're looking at are Donovan Edwards and Travion Henderson. And, you know, if those guys decide to commit, you're, you may be left out again. Someone like Evan Pryor has been trying to commit to Ohio state for months. Like it's not something where uh, they finally, maybe it was the staff feeling more like, Hey, well maybe we should just say, okay, now is fine because they want to make sure they have an idea of exactly where they stand for whenever recruiting does pick back up and in-person recruiting picks back up that the staff can then say, okay, now we know exactly what we have and where we can go. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see it as a negative either way. Yeah. I don't think it's a negative at all. I just think it, it's not pressure being put on them. It's just kind of a plant that seed in the back of their head. Like this is the number we're going to take. And we want you to be one of those 24 or 25. Then a guy looks at the thing at the recruiting sheet and sees 20 uh, sees 14 guys in the class and says oh there's only 10 guys left maybe he'll put right. some pressure on himself I don't think the Ohio State coaching staff initiates it but it kind of just comes naturally in the general scheme of picking up players as the recruiting cycle goes on yeah and again I mean I, I don't if know if that makes sense there's there's certain ways of approaching things and um maybe they're telling the kids that I don't know I, again that doesn't jive with anything that kids have told me but it's, it's like negative recruiting. Like your job in recruiting is to get that player to commit to your school and eventually sign with your program. So if you're saying, if you're recruiting, I'll use Thomas Fedone, the country's number one ranked tight end as in a prime example of this. Okay. Ohio state offered him three weeks ago. And it's an offer that he had told me for two months that he was really hoping to get. They offered, then he released a top six list and didn't include Ohio state on it. So when I ask him why that is, well, they don't really use the tight end in their offense the way I want to be used. Is it negative recruiting? Is that unethical for other schools to tell him, hey, by the way, you should look at the way they use their tight end? Like, it's recruiting. All recruiting is recruiting. Like, however you get it done, uh, it's not negative to tell the truth. And I don't know. That's just my opinion. That's just my two cents. Yeah. So you want to look. I mean, you look at position where they could be pressure. Sorry, Spencer, I don't mean to cut you off. Is the offensive line. Like, that's where there could be pressure. There's two guys committed right now in uh, Donovan Jackson and and Ben Chrisman. But there's a handful of guys out there like Jagger Burton and Tristan Lee and J.C. Latham and uh, Rocco Spindler and Garrett Dellinger and uh, David David Koff over in Illinois. There's a lot of guys that are still swirling around. Caleb Tiernan, uh, Rayshon Benny, like all these guys that are floating around. And they're going to want two more guys in that class to fill it out. And they'd love to have those guys ASAP. But yeah. all those linemen are, are taking their time. Yeah, it's really interesting too, isn't it? Because all of these linemen are taking their time. Usually there's a few of them that are ready 
you know, I'm going to commit at the end of April. I'm going to commit at the end of May, but it just seems like these guys are going to drag everything out. And I guess that's a good thing when it comes to, you know, let them come back to, to Ohio state, maybe see a game in the fall. If that's how they're going to take this recruitment, if they do it before then, you know, so be it. But like, you know, Garrett Dellinger, there's been a run on crystal balls for him to LSU right now. And you just wrote about Rayshon Benny continuing to talk to Ohio state. And yeah. we know Rock, Rocco Spindler is, is high on Ohio state. And I'm sure Donovan Jackson and Ben Christman are doing their part to get these guys involved and talk to them. It's just really interesting how every position seems to be picking up. You know, there's rumors about wide receivers. There's rumors about running backs. There's rumors about defensive linemen. And we just had movement in the secondary. We saw that guys coming to State in the secondary and then there's the offensive line which is the most important aspect of Ohio State's recruiting the last few years because it's they've grown their depth there they've been able to get solid prospects and all of a sudden you're just seeing it completely die down it's been very quiet and I just think it's it's almost too quiet Berm. well I mean there's been talk about JC Latham and his potential commitment for months now at LSU continues to be involved there and he was supposed to be on campus the next month along with Ben Christman and Donovan Jackson and Jagger Burton and like you don't know how losing that spring game um, visit weekend is going to impact this but offensive linemen by their very nature are among the more cerebral prospects out there and they're not going to put themselves in a position where they're making any decisions that aren't exactly with in line with what they want to do and when they want to do it and um, that's not that's not to say that the other guys who committed didn't right. do that. No, for sure. But it's also a situation where these guys are very confident in, in their opportunities, and they know that Ohio State has been upfront about where they want them and how they prioritize them. Jagger Burton knows for a year or longer, like he's been the guy for Ohio State at, at guard. Like he knows that. So then you have other guys out there, like you said, Rocco Spindler and, and Rayshon Benny, who's very interesting to me. I think he wants to play defense. Um, but I think a lot of schools recruit him as an offensive lineman. And there's all these things moving. And the reality is it's still only March. I mean, there, there's nine months to go until uh, all this has to be over. And all these spring visits that were upcoming were extremely pivotal for these kids. And now you don't know if Spindler's going to get back to Ohio State before he makes a decision. You don't know if Dellinger's going to get back to Ohio State. Garrett was waiting a little bit longer anyway. He had planned to wait until like uh, May or June, end of May, uh, June to take his official visits until his father got back from overseas because he's a military contractor. So there's all these um, moving parts. But the reality is when you lose two months of recruiting visits and, and again, offensive linemen are different. Like they're, they're looking for something different in most cases than other uh, positions are. These are very cerebral kids. They might be the ones who are most looking for, do I feel comfortable on campus? Do I like, those are the guys that are kind of the homebodies, the, the ones that, you know, take care of everything else. And, um, you know, Jagger Burton, Ohio state, Kentucky, Alabama, Clemson. You look at uh, JC Latham, who's from Wisconsin, but he lives in Florida and playing for IMG. And he, he's willing to go anywhere, obviously. So you just have to kind of figure out what each kid needs and um, without the opportunity to really recruit them in person. And that, as good as Greg Studrara has been in this last uh, cycle and a half, as far as changing uh, his reputation as a recruiter, he does his best work on campus, not over the phone. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, you just don't know exactly – how those relationships are being built because Dudrara has done a great job 
with this group, but that's because they've all been on campus multiple times and he's had the opportunity to really build it there. I think one of the things we're kind of losing sight of, not like you and I, but like just general population is like these recruits are also losing two months of recruiting. It's not just Ohio state as a program. Oh, what's Ohio state going to do without these two months of recruiting? Well, what's Jagger Burton going to do without these two months of recruiting? It's much more important to the kids than it is the programs. And I think sometimes we also lose sight of that just because we focus so heavily on Ohio state. Some of these guys though, the spring was going to be the time they really made their decision on based on the business they take and now they don't get those and so that's really important i think we just need to kind of open our eyes a little bit we have that ohio state tunnel vision because we cover them but you know the the kids losing out on this recruiting is just as important if not more important well it certainly impacts them as as people and they get you know to the point where they have to figure out okay now this is over now i have to wait until june potentially or or july or august or even into the season so as we talked about when this whole coronavirus pandemic thing began and it changed the recruiting calendar. I wonder how much of this impacts kids making decisions in December, or if you're going to see a lot of kids decide to push back and wait and take official visits in January, like they used to and do um, make more decisions in February. So that's where I, uh, that's what I'm interested in with the offensive line, especially. All right, Burma, are you ready for some questions? What questions? We solicited questions with a Google form on Twitter, and we got some pretty good responses. Uh, I think this is our first Q&A. First I love ever, Q&As. First ever Q&A. Um, so it's just kind of a, you know, a uh, – Do we have the names of who've asked, who are asking these questions? Yes, we do. The first question that I selected, and end up going through, you know, 90% of these, some of them – aren't really related to recruiting, so we might not go through them. But the first question is from Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. Tony didn't Tony. provide a last name, but Tony. Tony, Tony, Tony. Did, did he drop a, a, a handle? Did he drop an at? No, he did not. And there's oh, no Come on, Tony. There, there's no address, so we can't send him any swag either. All right, so uh, we're going that's okay. nameless, faceless, addressless Tony. What is Tony. Tony, what is Tony, 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 Tony wondering about? All right, first question. He, had, he put three questions in there. Two of them we can hit on quickly, and then we'll – Damn, Tony. One. <laughs> so, what's the deal with Troy Stilato? I know you've, you've felt confident he'll be a Buckeye, but it seems like he may be trending, ba- to, trending Clemson based on Wilt Fong's updates and Troy's recent Twitter activity. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that anything's really changed when you talk about it. It's been Ohio State and Clemson for months. He's been to Clemson most recently, uh, twice actually, since his last trip to Ohio State. So you do have a little bit of concern there. Uh, but he's a guy that Ohio State's recruited hard and, and aggressively for a year. He's been to Ohio State three times. Um, would I say he's trending to Clemson? I, I would not say that he is, but I would also say, and I, I don't like to use this at all because I know how it sounds. It sounds escapist almost, but like, it's kind of a 50-50 proposition. Like, what does the kid want to do in college? Does he want to be in the, in the rural life in, in Clemson? Does he want the city life of o- Ohio State? He's from Fort Lauderdale. He's probably, you know, a kid that really normally would uh, choose the city life. But he also can look at a depth chart and see that there's four uh, true freshmen at Ohio State wide receivers who are very good. He can also see that Garrett Wilson is still going to be there at least another two years. Like, there's there's all these things that you can – or another year when he gets there. Um, I, I don't say that it's trending one way or the other. I think it's a very important uh, for Ohio State that they get Troy back on campus in June. 
uh, for the official visit that he was scheduled to take. But I also think it's important for Ohio State not to put all their eggs in the basket. So go out, recruit other receivers. Troy Stilato and to a less, another degree, Emeka Abuka, like those two know where they stand. They, they've known where they stand with Ohio State for a year. Like if, if you can't get upset at Ohio State if they start to recruit other guys at this point, I guess. Like you know what the opportunities are. You know the coaches. You know what they're doing. If you don't want to be a part of it, then don't be, I guess. I mean, like, and not, it's not a pressure situation, but it's like at some point Ohio State needs to protect themselves as well because if that starts to go the other direction, if Stilato decides to pick Clemson for the proximity to home or the way they use the, the players like him in their offense or whatever, um, then the Buckeyes need to have an, another option because they want three or four receivers in this class. All right, Tony's second question, and we can just go over it real quick because I don't know how good of an answer you can give. Any chance Jordan Hancock is still in the picture with Turrentine trending Ohio State when he end up committing? Uh, how do you see Ohio State's DB class shaking out? Ohio State, as I said, when uh, Austin and I were in North Carolina, as I've said since, they're sure as shooting not going to stop recruiting Jordan Hancock. He is the top cornerback on their board. Al Washington – Kerry Combs, Ryan Day, everyone is still involved in recruiting him. But as Spencer and I have talked about, people generally don't decommit from Clemson. So how it works out, I mean, I don't know. The Buckeyes are, are right now with uh, with Ja'Kalen Johnson and Devontae Smith and uh, Andre Turrentine, Jalen Johnson committed. You, you don't know exactly how the defensive back class finishes, but there's – Jansen Dunn and Derek Davis and then Jordan Hancock and um, Jalen Davies out in California and Hunter Washington in Texas. There's all these names that are still on the board to fill that one or two spots. And I think that the best case scenario for Ohio State right now would be that players like Derek Davis and Kamar Wilcoxon and these other guys that are still jockeying for position um, don't hurry into a decision because they, they would really rather get these kids on campus, especially Kamar Wilcoxon from the Florida commit who plays at IMG because they don't really know the kid and he, he wants to flip to Ohio state according to a number of people. Um, but I don't think that they're in a position right now where they want him to, because they don't know him well enough. And when you're talking about a kid that's committed to Florida twice, decommitted, uh, had put another decommitment letter on, Twitter a few months ago that he took down instantly. Like you just don't know if he's serious about getting in the class and committing and staying there. And that's what Ohio state doesn't want. They, they don't want to risk um, saying yes in a situation where a kid who may not be the most serious about the process takes the spot of someone who is. And Jordan Hancock is obviously very serious about the situation, but he's a guy that if he wanted to flip on signing day, they would say yes to no matter what. What right, do you think, next Spencer? Question. Um, yeah, so there was another question about Derek Davis, but you just kind of covered it. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I think it's – when I so when I log on Twitter as just a general human being, which is yeah. always a terrible mistake. Yeah, don't, don't ever tweet. <laughs> That's beside the point. And you see a kid decommit from a school. It's almost like – not embarrassing for a school, but it's like, you know, they took that commitment yeah. and then that kid is leaving them. And so like, if you do that to the same school twice, other schools are going to notice that. Like everyone yeah, they, they knows do. that you, yeah. 
it's it's like when you break the prom queen's heart. Everyone knows that you did that. Yeah. So like, you know, everyone knows that 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 you are decommitting and committing, and you're not, and they might not take you as seriously then. And so I think yeah. there's something to be said about what you're trying to make a point of. But I do think Derek Davis is a good option for this class because I think he would fill out everything they need in the class with Jalen Johnson, his size, you think he might be able to move to linebacker. So I think Derek Davis, I, honestly, I think Derek Davis could potentially move down to linebacker. Uh, if you look at his frame, he's got the, the, the frame to put on that sort of weight. And I guess it just speaks to what we've talked about over and over again. Ohio state is not recruiting positions. They're not recruiting cornerbacks and safeties. They're recruiting athletes and they, their goal is to put the fastest and biggest guys on the field at every position. So um, it's hard when you're talking like, okay, if they take, if they decide to take uh, Kamar Wilcoxon at safety, does that eliminate Derek Davis? Because I don't know that it does. If they decide to take Jansen Dunn, who probably could play corner, um, but could also play safety, does that eliminate the need for Kamar Wilcoxon? I, I don't know that it does. I don't think that any one of those guys um, – is an and or uh, or a proposition. I, I think it's it's all like movable based on how things work out because there's other spots like linebacker where there's obviously Reed Carrico committed uh, right now, but where else do they go at linebacker when Barrett Carter's been the, the main target all along, Jordan Hancock's teammate, but if he doesn't end up wanting to commit to Ohio State and picks Georgia or Clemson or Alabama or Auburn, blah, 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 then where do they go? Do they need – can they move Jalen Johnson down? Can they recruit Derek Davis and play that position? Do they need to go out and offer a guy like Terrence Lewis uh, down in Miami who is a top ten player in the country according to the 247 Sports Composite? But, you know, they've just started to really get back in touch with him as I wrote about last week. And I think there's a lot of different options. And, again, when we start to talk about it, maybe it's because we're in this dead period and it's like back-to-back dead periods and we don't know the future of football – but it's still only March, as I already said on this show once. Like, there's plenty of time to figure that out. This might be another uh, it's only March situation, but Vince has a pretty good question here. Vince! Vince, Vince Chang. Vincent asks, Chang. Yeah. He <laughs> asks, what's the latest with JT Toymalo? Toymalo. Toymalo, yeah. Toymalo, okay. And if our chances, Ohio State's chances, start fading – can we pick back up steam on other defensive tackles like Taiwan Malone? Well, they haven't, number one, lost any steam on Taiwan Malone, who is um, a totally different player. So, again, you're talking apples to oranges when you're talking about Tuamalo versus a guy like Taiwan Malone, who's six foot but, three, 330 pounds. Berm, it's, it's a one-tech you- versus a three-tech. Go ahead. It, it's good that you get to explain this stuff. That's why we're doing the yeah. Q&A. I like Those it. are totally different positions. Um but it's hard to say this because we're watching and there's a potential for Travion Henderson to commit to Ohio State without ever visiting, and that's being obviously been talked about a lot. But Tuamalo's never visited Ohio State, um, and he's in an area that's 3,000 miles away. Okay, so like that, that's a big decision to make without visiting. Um, there's a lot of optimism. There's the people in the Pacific Northwest – are heavily influenced by G. Scott and his um, role in the recruitment shouldn't be undervalued. Like he's a former teammate of Tumalo's at Eastside Catholic uh, in Sammamish, Washington. 
but you're talking about a top three player in the country and golly, golly gee, it's hard to imagine that there's a ton of momentum without ever visiting, but the Buckeyes are very much involved. And again, he's not visiting anywhere else either. He loves Larry Johnson from what I've been told. And he, he loves the, the way that Ohio state develops and uses defensive linemen, but I've never spoken to the kid. Like I've never spoken to the kid at all. He does not talk about his recruitment. Um, so everything you hear is secondhand and uh, through the telephone game of one person saying, oh, I heard this, I heard this, I heard this. The Buckeyes are involved because the Buckeyes are one of the top two or three programs in the country, and he's one of the top two or three players in the country, and he fits a positional need. They have, um, you know, relationships in the area, and Larry Johnson's recruiting him. So, yeah, the Buckeyes are involved, but it's – plenty of time to figure out what happens there. And there's not just Taiwan Malone, there's Marcus Bradley, there's players around the country like uh, Damian Payne, who we have not talked about much lately, who Damian Payne up in Belleville, Michigan is much more of a positional um, switch when it comes to uh, JT Tuamalo. Like if you're talking about a guy that maybe they move back on, it could be Damian Payne if, if, if that, um, falls all the way through with Tuamalo or they don't feel confident or comfortable there. I think I could just be making this all up. I got more questions for you. Let's do it. Uh, Anthony asked a question, but we already, Anthony. It, was about, it was about moving safeties to bullets and bullets to linebackers and things. So I think he deserves some swag because we touched on his question and the other, the, and the other guy didn't provide any information. So he gets the swag. Um, so there's an Anthony who did provide information, and then there's Tony who didn't. What if Anthony is Tony? Yeah. Same guy, maybe. I don't know. If you're using two different names to, to ask these questions, that's some dedication I want to hear about. Next. Oh, um, there's a Terrence Lewis question. We already touched on that. We got questions rolling in as we speak, too. Dope, 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 dope. Uh, Greg Davis asks with the influx of commits during the dead period is anyone in the class not likely to stick through signing day since they're not visiting right now uh anyone who you don't have to give names yeah i mean i I just ohio state is very similar in in its scope right now to a place like clemson like if you commit to ohio state generally speaking as long as the buckeyes coaching staff still wants you and you followed through on your requirements to be a commitment to Ohio State, you don't see a lot of guys leaving the class. Like getting an opportunity to play at Ohio State for kids around the country is a major um, opportunity that you don't see kids just throwing away once they've been given that chance. So um, I mean, I suppose you have to worry, like if Travion Henderson commits to Ohio State um, without visiting, then maybe, you know, once all the visits start back up in three months from now, maybe you worry about him taking a trip to Oklahoma or somewhere else. But um, I don't think that there's any expectation that people should be like, okay, well, let's plan on this guy decommitting. Um, number one, Ohio State's not just taking players to take players. Devontae Smith is the lowest ranked player in the class of 2021 right now. He's from Cincinnati LaSalle High School and a player that they really think can be very good. Uh, so you wouldn't offer him and take a commitment from him in a three-day stretch if you planned on then just dumping him four months later. Like, that doesn't make sense. There's no value for them to do that. They could have just not offered. Um, so, and again, I don't want to be dismissive, but I, I just, 
I don't personally like to speculate on things like who's transferring, who's decommitting. I just think it's unfair to kids in their situation. They, they've, they've been offered. They've accepted the offer. They've committed to Ohio State. So you should expect that everyone that's in the class now will be in the class in December or February. All right, here's a really good one I think we can end on. Uh, this is, and it might peel the curtain back for you. You can kind of explain this process a little bit. Committing is a big event. Oh, okay, Drew Coleman. Drew, you, you, you want to hear from Drew, Berm? Sure. Committing is a big event for a lot of recruits, and it seems like they really want to create suspense with their commitments. With that said, it seems like the suspense is killed a lot of the time because their decision or commitment date is spoiled by an insider. Has a recruit's decision ever been seriously impacted because the surprise of their decision was ruined by an insider fan? But I think this question more so, you can peel back the curtain a little on, you know, these commitments happen – and, and the insiders are insiders for a reason. Yeah, listen, here's the thing. Most kids, once they make the decision to pick a school, no matter how they want it to go, like if they want to surprise everyone, shock the world, whatever, then even if they say they want to do that, once they've committed to a decision in their hearts and their minds, they're excited about it, and so they tell people, right? And – the world of internet recruiting and 2019, 2020, what year are we in? 2020. The world, the, the world right now is so big and so connected that little Johnny five star commits on Tuesday and says, everyone, Hey, I'm not going to make a decision. I, I don't want to announce anything till next Monday. Right. But Johnny five stars, mom tells Johnny five stars, mom's barber, and then the barber tells someone who is on a message board and gets on a message board for Podunk U and says, oh, boy, I heard this. And then all of a sudden the insider slash analyst on that site reads it and reaches out to their friend who's an insider analyst at a bigger site and says, hey, I read this. And then that person calls the high school coach and says, well, yeah, he, he's probably committing soon. And then all of a sudden insider writes story, five-star Johnny, five-star is committing soon. And then – the kid's blown up. Um, has, has it ever seriously impacted a recruitment? Not that I can really point to and say yes, but there's no doubt that it's frustrating when a kid wants his moment to be his moment and people, and I guess, I mean, I'm guilty of it as anyone else. I mean, we all have an obligation to our readers and stuff, but the, the kids want their moment and I think that they should be given it. But, um, I guess that's why it's incumbent on the kids and their families to know who they can really talk to and who they can't. And it's not always easy because everyone is vying for this role as being like the guy who knows the most or whatever. And um, it, it, it does kind of suck for the kids. But again, I don't think it's ever really changed someone's mind because once a kid knows where he wants to go, generally speaking, he's excited about it and wants to talk about it. And the other thing that I will add to that is like, it's the kid, it's the kid's moment, but it's also like, for your example, like it's your job to be a recruiting insider for a reason. So if you right. weren't trying to get this information, you wouldn't have a job. Yeah. And so, the thing is, and once, once you get information, it, it, it's then up to you how to handle it. And I think this is sometimes where um, independent sites like Letterman Row and other independent sites around the country may have us a, a little bit of an advantage because we are not, in a position where if I am told something and a, and a kid says, Hey, I want to announce this day and I'm waiting, 
I don't, I'm not obligated to reach out to uh, a, a coworker or a peer that works for another team's website and then tell them, Hey, you should let your readers know this is happening. Like Evan Pryor's decision, for example, um, once he told, eh, there's so many inner workings here. So like Evan Pryor tells the staff at North Carolina, I'm not going to school at North Carolina. I'm picking someone else. The North Carolina staff then reaches out to North Carolina recruiting media and tells them, Hey, make sure you start tell people because they want to ruin the kid's decision. It's not, it's not like necessarily spiteful, but then North it's all about spin, right? So then the staff at North Carolina has to spin it and start reaching out to other kids. And so, if you, the sooner you can get ahead of it and say, okay, we're, we're moving on from this one, we're moving to this one, then the narratives get out. And, and it's like uh, you, schools can't talk for themselves in these situations, and so a lot of times they'll try to have the media talk for them. Um, so you hear one side only, and that's the kid's side. And anything that the other side says sounds like sour grapes, and so – uh, but it doesn't mean stuff doesn't get ruined. But ult- again, ultimately, I don't know if it matters. I just think it's it's a weird dynamic because you want kids to be able to have their moment and celebrate their moment and their families. But if we don't write about what's coming, then why are people aren't reading us? All right. I lied. This is the last question. It just okay, came last in. one. Sure. It just came in during the show. Hot off the press. Ricky. Ricky asks... And this is going to be a challenge for you, Berm. Oh, I like challenges. Who will the most surprising 2021 Ohio State commit be moving forward? I want you to be accurate, but I want a good take here too. The most off-the-board person right now who might end up in the class. See, how do you do that? I'm, I like to think I'm good at my job because there aren't people that are off the board. You know what I mean? Like, well, if Ohio, put yourself if Ohio in State fan's shoes. If Ohio State isn't recruiting someone, then they're off the board. So am I supposed to be peering into the future and saying who Ohio State's going to recruit? Sure. Like, I, I don't know that that's something that I can do because my, the point is I, I, I'm talking about who they are recruiting. Um, I mean, three weeks ago when Austin and I were in Virginia visiting Travion Henderson, that was an off-the-board I mean, there was discussion, but it wasn't like he was like an imminent commitment coming. And now all of a sudden the discussion and expectation is that sometime in the near future, he's going to commit to Ohio state. So uh, defensive backs are pretty well filled out. I, I, I would say maybe Terrence Lewis is probably the one that I, I think you could see uh, movement happen there sooner rather than later, because Ohio state uh, is a, obviously a top program in the country. From my conversations with Terrence, he seems like he's interested in leaving the South for school, which is rare, especially when you're talking about a a five-star linebacker from the Miami area. You don't normally think of those guys wanting to leave the South. But when I asked him the schools that he's talking about and really interested in, he mentioned like Texas A&M and Nebraska, Penn State. It wasn't like – it wasn't Florida State, Florida, Georgia. So, to me, that's an indicator that the kid's serious about wanting to leave um, the area. And so – as things maybe trend away with Barrett Carter and, and it becomes more likely that he stays uh, at Georgia or Clemson, then maybe Terrence Lewis is the guy that I would pick, but everyone else, I mean, we do a, I like to think we do a good job telling people who's a real target and who's not. So 
it's pretty, uh, I can't peer into the future. It's pretty crazy to me that you will go, you know, two months without writing about a guy. And then all of a sudden the fans will be like, well, are they still recruiting him? And it's like, well, I haven't written about him in eight weeks. So yeah, yeah I mean, I, 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 I try pretty hard to write about who's relevant at, at that moment, but in some cases, and we saw it like with Andre Turrentine, we don't know. Like if the kid doesn't talk and he's not, and Andre Turrentine mentioned it on the Bermanology commitment episode, like he wasn't talking to other recruits. So it's not like there was that sort of uh, ability to smell it out or anything. If he's not talking about it, his coaches aren't talking about it. Um, the, the Ohio state staff isn't really talking about it, which, you know, they, they're, they don't like to just talk about people. That's not like they're sitting there handing out information cards going, Oh, by the way, this is happening. Like our job is to find it out. Um, so once Turrentine starts to talk and says, Hey, I'm, I'm getting close. Then all of a sudden, then you get information because then you're like, Oh, let's check that out. But it's not like there's a, 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 a placard that you are being given and saying, Oh, today we need to talk about this person. Like, like, With the first pick in the draft. Right. It's, there's none of that happening. It's not like we're being given directions and saying, hey, P.S., this kid is thinking about committing. Like, it's our job to find it. So, um, But generally speaking, if I'm talking about a kid or writing about a kid, it's because I think that's a kid that seems to be um, an important one. That's why when people ask me about the Bermanology episodes and what percentage of kids that have committed or have been on the show. And you, you broke this down, Spencer, what is it? 65% or something. You were officially at 70% exactly. So 70% of the kids have been on the show have committed to Ohio state, but that's because I know those kids are top Ohio state targets. So it's not but like that just... also, that also includes 2021 uncommitted prospects. All right, so that could change. So, Who knows? you know, but that I'm, number again, could go I'm, up or it could go down. Right, because I'm, I'm talking to those kids because those are the kids that are top of the board targets for Ohio State. That's not like I'm reaching out to just random recruits and saying, P.S., would you like to have a conversation? Um, I, I don't think fans want to hear from guys that aren't really being recruited by Ohio State, and I don't think that there's any value in me uh, spending my time talking to kids who aren't because I cover Ohio State, right? So, um Anyway, to the question, uh, I guess I'll say Terrence Lewis is one guy that right now isn't really being discussed, but I, I guess I could see that percolating. All right. That's all the questions I have, Berm. How, how long have we been doing this, Spencer? What's our time? I don't know. I don't have a timestamp on here. I need to get to oh, the settings me. of Zoom and figure oh. out how to put the timestamp on here. Well, whatever. This has been Talking Stuff. Uh, we're talking stuff about Ohio State football recruiting. That's Spencer Holbrook. I'm Jeremy Birmingham. This is Letterman Rowe. Thanks again to our sponsors at Buyers Auto. If you're buying an auto, go to buyersauto.com. Folks, we will talk to you next time. Who knows? Uh, we're still waiting on Travion Henderson. It could be any day. So um, if Ohio State is going to land the country's top-ranked running back, um, stay tuned. So thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.